Mr. Pop. <laughs> when I say only joking, I always readjust my ball sack. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hi everyone and welcome to Rock and Roll. I got the lockdown blues. My name's uh, Kevin Hillier and uh, with me, Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. I thought it, thought it was Louis Armstrong. You got the lockdown blues. Well, that sounds pretty good, Kevin. <laughs> that's the extent of my musical um, abilities. Well, that's, that's you it. should get a Louis Armstrong tribute band going. <laughs> very good. <laughs> oh, oh, wouldn't we have a wouldn't we have a wonderful repertoire of songs to well, be able to? <laughs> would you Would you put on the black face for it, though, Kevin? That's what you've really got to ask yourself. <laughs> oh, we're off you to can a go fire. on. You could go on the voice with the black face on, oh, and, and then they turn around <laughs> and see you with the black face. Oh, God, wouldn't uh, that go down like a partner's face? Too? Yes, it would. Uh, and also with us, of course, is uh, Mark Fine. Hello, Fine. You got the lockdown blues. <laughs> I've got I've got the AFL blues. Yeah. Thank God I don't barry for the AFL blues, didn't you? <laughs> Yes, uh, it, it's another interesting week in uh, in footy. Uh, Brian, you've scored the Del Monte tip of the week again. You you got it again. I don't know which one for, but uh, well, the fact yeah. that, the fact that finally and I picked the same made it easier for you to get the Del Monte uh, one. But you, I think I had about three opportunities to get the Del Monte. You did. You'd given yourself every chance, and one of them actually came up. Which is at the end of the day, uh, you know how how life works. Good. You just keep asking, and eventually someone's going to say yes. Yeah. Well, that's well, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't that was, matter. That was my philosophy when I was fourteen, and it hasn't changed since. Well, you know, failure, success is just failure tried once more. That's exactly right. How's your week been, Mister Mannix? Ah, oh, what? It's um, uh, mm. well, about that good. Yep. That yep. just covered everything that I've done. Any developments uh, in your uh, neck of the woods, as uh, Willard Scott used to say, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fine? Willard Scott. He's still around? No, I do um, I do think he's passed. Yeah, no. I'm we've got, we'll be doing them today, the obits. Um, no, nothing much happens in lockdown. No? I've got to no. admit. Haven't no, nothing. Haven't, you know, invented a new, gone out, been out in the garage and in, invented something that you've, Shouldn't have, or actually, interesting. You should say that because a few weeks ago, I gave the teaser at the end of the program about this brilliant new thing I'd seen on TV. Yeah, and we never went back and revisited. No, we didn't it, actually. No, fault. you're right. What was it? So I was watching the show on just on YouTube about Japan, and they've got the bullet trains there. Yep, yep. And just love the way some of the things the Japanese do. So at the train station, there's an, an entire store about as big as, you know, we've got the big news agencies at our train station. Oh, yeah. And our, and our airport, airport, sorry. Yeah. yeah. About that size, shelves after shelves of dinner boxes to eat on the train. So there's no food on the train, but you get you buy these magnificent sort of pre-packed, brightly coloured boxes. With food in them. They might have some sushi in it and this and that and all different things. Oh, okay. And this guy buys one and it's got um, like a dish of, of slow-cooked brisket 
in gravy and rice and whatever. Oh, yeah. And I think to myself, well, that's great, except I don't know whether I'd be wanting to eat cold brisket and gravy. And he pulls a string at the bottom of this plastic box, and in two minutes, it's all piping hot. Wow. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. And it's the same It's the same sort of chemical process. So between the bottom of the box and where the food is, there's a cavity. And you know you can buy those hand warmers at yeah. 7-Eleven and stuff? Yeah. Um, it's that same chemical process, but sort of on steroids. And literally, after 90 seconds it was, he went, he opened it, he goes, and there were two American guys, he goes, this is too hot to touch. I've got to leave it for a couple of minutes. Oh, wow. And it was this beautiful, hot, piping hot meat. We should use that, that for the pies at the bloody footy. Yeah. Well, just the TV. It's been great it. for a lot of things. You know, kids' lunches at school and yeah. whatever. Yeah. In China, you can get them too, but. They don't serve sushi. You get a bit of bat over there. <laughs> <laughs> Once it heats up, it's beautiful. Yes, yeah. I, it's not I'll tell you one thing about. I'll tell you one thing about bats. Yeah, eating bats after you've after you've had a couple of wings. There's not a lot. There's not a lot else. <laughs> no, <laughs> sort of. They're sort of spatch cockish in their uh, in their ability to feed <laughs> people. I mean, I like a like chicken wing, but off the old bat wing, there's a, fight, there's a bit of a fight for those. Have you seen Anchorman 2 where the, the sports car is like, he's running a chicken joint, but he's selling bats, and it's like Kentucky Fried Bat Wings, and I've got it. It looks so bad. Oh, very funny. Uh, all right, so we haven't done much. Uh, we've, uh, we're in lockdown six point, whatever it is. Uh, we got uh, the final round of the AFL to talk about. Uh, we got, uh, which we'll, I can think we can safely crown our tip winner uh, for this year. Uh, and we've got a chart, which is an absolute wow, is it different? It's uh, November yeah. 2, 1973. So it's the weekend before the 1973 Melbourne Cup. Is uh, where we're going to. Off the top of your head, can either of you name who won the 1973 Melbourne Cup? Did Gunsin come third? I didn't ask who came third, Brian. I said who won. I reckon the Gala Supreme won it. Ah, very good. Very good, Mr. Fine. Now, would you know if Gunsin came third? Because I would never call. I know Gunsin ran in the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, he came third in one of them. Okay. We cheered him from oh. the grandstand. We cheered him from the thing. A real a horse, a little ripper, a real aristocrat. He never won the Cup, but he's a trier all the way. A horse we're really proud of. The Gunder Windy Gray. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who was it? Was that Tex? Slim. Slim. Slim Darcy. Oh, okay. And we've got, we've got a horse girl. racing song in this week's top 40. Yes, there is. Yeah. Number, number 39, the Hawking Brothers, the Melbourne Cup. Did you listen to it? Yeah. It's funny because I remember it as being better than that. I, I don't remember it, and I had to listen to it, and there's a lovely little piece in about Farlap, but the rest of it was pretty bloody awful, to be honest. Yeah, sort, sort of that, that formula, it's a formula song where you can just put any words to it. It could be the Melbourne Cup, it could have been, you know, it's the day after Christmas, they call it Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you very, know. very good point. Very good point. Um, but, yeah, with Gala Supreme Cup, you know, I was such a sports fanatic as a kid. I guess I still am. And I don't know why. I guess all the hype. I got into the Melbourne Cup. And about that time, one of my older sisters, Diana or Michelle, got 
remember the old dymo? Yeah, yeah. Dymo tape, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, for kids, <laughs> kids nowadays would look at something like that and think, oh, my God, you're a caveman. Yeah. But to us kids, that was a technological advance that opened up the door for all of a sudden we could print. Yep. So next to my bed, I had a little, sort of a little, a small cupboard in, I don't know how it was there, in, in a book. Anyhow, I could reach it from my bed. And I put down, I, I, I dimoed Gala Supreme and I stuck that on that cupboard. Yeah. And then underneath, I wrote winner of the Melbourne Cup and I stuck that under the cup on the cupboard. <laughs> and that would have been that would have been there till I was so I was eight years old. That would have been there for four or five years. Wow. So I, I certainly remember the winner of the seventy three cup. There you go. We're at Friday, November two, nineteen seventy three. This chart is uh, is full of all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff. Um I found uh, that was my first year in radio. I found uh, I found fascinating memories, um, really good memories, and some really ordinary memories in some of the. Did songs. you find yourself? Did you find yourself getting a bit sentimental and misty eyed, Kev, listening to this chart? I went in opt. Uh, what was that? What's the um, Dennis? I went in optimistically, <laughs> came out misty optically. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's it. That's how it did. I, I can remember. I remember the song so well uh, because it was obviously my first year. I'd been in radio, so I started on the in Feb. So I'd been there for six, seven months by the time eight months. Well, so. well I was full on learning guitar down at Pasco Vale Guitar School around this time, and most of these songs on the chart, on this chart, we had the chords and the music. We learned to play them all, and so you know, it's a bit of a Good one for me too. In that, um, I remember learning to play guitar on a lot of these songs. Was Angie one of them? Hey, hey Brian. Yes. Were you were you from a particularly musical family? Because I think it's brilliant how you were that young learning the guitar and that. I mean, I came from sort of a sporting family. My dad loved sport. We were very lucky. We had a tennis court, and um, he ran and then cycled and stuff. So I got immersed in sport. But um, you know. And let me tell you, my parents loved music. We had records, music playing. They used to have, they had such a better social life than, than myself and my wife. You know, every Saturday night they'd either go dancing or they'd have dinner parties. So there's plenty of music, but we were never encouraged to play music. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we had the the girls next door, and the people either side were a bit older than me and my brother, so they were always playing the Beatles and the Stones. But um, my dad started learning to play guitar when he was about, I don't know, I was probably about four when he started. And so we you know, grew up watching my dad in the kitchen, you know, working out how to play, hang down your head, Tom Dooley and assorted <laughs> songs. So that encouraged my brother. My brother said, yeah, I can do this. And then I followed my brother. And so it became a musical family, I uh, suppose. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That's good. Yeah, it was Better than being a family with a nice crystal meth lab in the backyard. Well, I was I was close to that. You know, we were in service station, so I was immersed in petrol. Um, and sniffing it where you can. Fortunately, uh, you know, not set fire to, which was uh, you know one of the one of the perks of having a service station. But anyway, so we're going to get yeah. to November nineteen seventy three shortly. You mentioned the uh, the RIPs, uh, um, the you know the rest in peace, uh, Finey. Who did you want to uh, who did you want to mention? Ernie Sigley. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not played well for a while, but 
you know, yeah. you watch a lot of footage of him on the thing and you sort of go, gee, who is this guy? Made me laugh for a hell of a long time. Um, I used to love it on a Friday listening to him and Dennis Walter and Ernie would just, somebody would say something dirty and then Ernie would just lose it and be laughing for, you know, 15 minutes. And yeah, very funny guy, very nice guy too. Yep. Funny, what did you have to do with him, Funny? Well, I, I think I've told you, I did that prank phone call where I got, I called him a turd. 40 bucks off my mate because I said I could bring him up and call him a turd twice that he yes. didn't know. Yes. But we've been down that track. Um, and, you know, that was a bit, bit naughty of me. Only last week I used an expression that I absolutely learned off Ernie Sigley, and I reckon it's a great expression. And when I use it, my kids hate it. So I use it even more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what that expression is? No. Well, I'll say something sort of rude and they'll, they'll say, you know, they'll look at me and I'll say, I'm joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which lets you get away with everything, you know. Yep. It, it's like, you can't say that to me. I'm joking. Not really, but I'll say that at the end of yep. it just to get away with it. The, the disclaimer, it's the, it's the, um, the humour version of T's and C's apply. Correct, exactly. You know, it's like, oh, you can't blame me. I'm only joking. Yeah. Like, no, you yeah. And another, another good one like that is you say, if you're saying someone's a dickhead or something, you say, oh, Joe Bloggs, he's just a dickhead. God bless him. Yeah. And the God bless him. This is it all. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why I do this, and I don't know where I got this from, but when I say only joking, I always sort of, Readjust my ball sack. <laughs> now, yeah, because Ernie used to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was wondering, was that an Ernie Sigley? Like, I was joking and then had a jiggle of the old that agon. Yeah, well, for I some think reason. Bert Newton used to impersonate him on the Don Lane show. Yeah, and yep. Bert was really big on grabbing the agon because he said, "Ah, oh, agon." So I think yep. Ernie did it, but I think Bert exaggerated the shit out of it. Yep. Yeah. So they hate when I do that. It's brilliant. Thank you, Ernie. All right, please. And, of course, the other good ones you used to um, thing is, which one of my favourites, which I made up, you know, he's a freaking dickhead, that guy. And, of course, I mean that in a positive and constructive way. <laughs> Get away yes. with murder. Uh, well, not quite, Mannix, <laughs> but, but huh. yes. Um uh, I obviously had a bit to do with Ernie because of Footscray as much as anything else, but uh, I thought uh, I thought Denise Drysdale summed it up. She said, you know, she didn't paint him out to be a saint. She didn't paint him out to be the, the best bloke that ever walked the universe. She just said he was he was real, and he gave her a, a wonderful opportunity. And uh, and uh, you know, he was uh, he was a great entertainer. And that um, she summed him up beautifully. I thought in the little um, the little piece that she did for social media and that. So yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know what? Nowadays, given that he was. A re- had real longevity, you know, he, he'd been around for so long, to be able to have a, a, a lifelong career in media, you know, performing, music, whatever, and not have somebody come back after 55 years and say, oh, he said this to me, or he, you know, yeah. I, saw him, I saw him get changed in the dressing room once, and I've been, I've been tormented by it ever since, yeah. you know, so, you know, so obviously he, he he didn't fall foul of the retrospective PC police, which is a hard thing to do nowadays. Yeah, it is. Well, you remember on his Tonight Show or one of his Tonight Shows, you know, they'd come back from the ad and Ernie would have a drink 
with him and he'd be smoking. Yeah. And, you know, it's just TV and you have a drink and a smoke while you're hosting the Tonight Show. Oh, it looks so funny when you see people smoking on TV oh. now. I, I, I've been watching some stuff off YouTube, Brian, and I, you know, you go down these rabbit holes. And I was watching all yeah. these performances by Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, he's so good. He, uh, I, I love Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, <laughs> how about this one? I'm telling you, I have no luck. My dentist, I think he's taking advantage of me. I just spent five thousand dollars on new teeth. My next visit, he said I needed braces. <laughs> Anyhow. Yes. It was a good impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good gag. You get your teeth and your dentist thinks you get braces on them. Um, yes. Yeah, it was a bit too high tech for me. I would have sucked down a bit more in the gutter. Yes. But he was, oh, <laughs> he had plenty of stuff in the gutter. Don't worry about oh, that. Oh, yes. um, But he was a regular on the Johnny Carson show. Yes. And there was, on Johnny Carson's death, not to the end, but this was late, early 70s maybe, there was a, a the nice box with cigarettes in it. And halfway during the interview, Dangerfield opens up the box, grabs a cigarette, Carson lights it, and then Carson says, I wouldn't mind one myself. And then lights up a cigarette. And then the guest, two guests down, Dom DeLuise, just leans over, doesn't say anything, and grabs a cigarette. Uh, it's a different. It was different world. I'm watching this new um, series on the ABC called The Newsreader with uh, Anna Torf and uh, and William McGuinness in it, and it, it, it's set in the mid 1980s, and they're smoking and uh, on sets and all sorts of stuff. It's uh, yeah, it was a different world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went. I I used to. This is ridiculous, given how little I know about cars. I used to work in the automotive industry, automotive suspension, and really, because a good mate of mine was boss of this company and just enjoyed my company. And I went with him to China on a on a um, sort of a, a purchasing trip. And we went to this giant metalwork in north of Shanghai. And, and these giant companies have everything on site, including a school for the employees' children. Yeah, right. And we're being proudly shown around. And we go into this class. It was a math class. And I, you know now when you go to airports and they put you in those smoking rooms? Yeah. You've yeah. seen those? Yeah. yeah. Filled with smoke. Open up this classroom and the smoke just hit you. Yeah. And the teacher is chain smoking. Yeah. <laughs> he's got an ashtray on his desk. So he's got a cigarette in his mouth and talking and pointing to the blackboard. And there is an ashtray that looks like, you know, remember the old ashtrays that had 80 cigarette butts in it? Yep. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. he was he, he was walking up to kids over their shoulders, looking at their looking at their schoolwork, and literally the the smoke <laughs> the kids were like oh, just waving it away. And there was ash on one kid's textbook that had fallen off his cigarette. Oh my goodness! Yeah, a different there, world. There are, different world. There are parts of Asia, parts of Asia where. It's compulsory to smoke, otherwise they won't let you in. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be at all surprised. Uh, all right, now oh. let's get to our chart, boys. Uh, all right. November 2, 1973, as I mentioned, the weekend before uh, the 1973 Melbourne Cup, and we got a song in called the Melbourne Cup by the Hawking Brothers, and there's some 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 tasty morsels in there and there's some uh, not-so-tasty morsels. So, finally... Uh, Need you to start us off with your number three, good and bad. All right, let's start off with number three, bad. Now, 
I was just talking about the retrospective PC police, yeah. political correctness. Today, this song would be horrific. But I've got a feeling, even in 1973, this is extremely cringeworthy. It's a song called Half Breed by Sher. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, part one. Sher's Armenian. She's got no Cherokee Indian or Cherokee Native American in her whatsoever. But she might have had some Cherokee Native American in her. Whatsoever. On a horse, wearing a, a, a skimpy pair of underwear and a headset. Mm-hmm. Now, that horse just stood still the entire film clip, which made me think he was perfect for adult movies. Oh. I mean, I mean that, and then the song is just, it's just an excuse to say the term half-breed, which is very derogatory. I mean, yeah. You know, imagine a, a, a song, you know, and I don't want to use the term, you know, imagine a song just called, you know, Lousy Dago, where you just, Lousy Dago, it's a terrible <laughs> thing to say, Lousy Dago, you know. I mean, you just can't keep singing Halfway over and over and not offend people, can you? Well, well that's what she, it's all she ever heard. Halfway. Yeah. And she yeah. to hate that word. <laughs> say it again then. Halfway. Halfway. That's all I ever heard, half-breed, how I learned to hate that word. Yep. Both sides were against me from the day I was born. Yep. And if I'm right, that was her follow-up single to Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves. Yeah, what is she, a gypsy or a a Cherokee Indian? Yeah, well. Well, The the single that came after finding was called Lousy Dago. So (laughs) she didn't know what she was. (laughs) Uh, No, good good choice for number three. What do you got in the uh, the good side of it? Okay, it's the good side of it. I do think this song might be a little bit brilliant. It's Live and Let Die by yeah. Paul McCartney yep. and Wings. And the reason it's sort of brilliant, it's two songs in one. It's half sort of a, 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 a slow ballad and then it's half almost a symphony, yep. like something that you'd write for an orchestra. Well, that's and what that's it was. the high action, high action part of it. And I think it's brilliant because if they would have gone to Paul McCartney and there was a real, especially more so then than now, a real, it was really a, a, a cachet offering to do the theme song to a James Bond movie. And and to be asked to do the music for Living Let Die wouldn't have been easy for Paul McCartney because he'd covered so much ground with the Beatles. Had you come up with something different? But this was very different. Yep. And therefore, I think Quite yep. George George Martin did a lot of the arrangement producing of that. And Cubby Broccoli or whoever the Bond people were, yep. after they'd finished it, they came to George Martin. They said, okay, that's great, but who are you going to get to sing it? And okay. they said, well, we're going to get Paul. Paul will want to sing it. I said, oh, we, we normally have a girl singing. So, yeah, there was nearly a girl singing it, but uh, I don't think Paul would have had a bar of that. No. Just as well. No. And uh, I, I I never liked the cover version that was it Guns and Roses did the cover version Guns and Roses yeah no I never liked their version of it always always preferred yeah. the McCartney version right Brian what do you got good and bad number okay, three just trying to get it up here we go mm-hmm. here we go hang on Brian can you okay. concentrate on the chart please oh, yeah, just keep, yeah. it's getting small mm. oh, let's talk about the chart yes yeah, um, okay my bad mm. 
And fortunately, a lot of people like this song. But it's number nine, and it's Matter Lake 12 Pound Toothbrush. Well, as a 14 year old, I had to listen to my brother and his mates kiss playing that song over and over and all singing along to it, and I just got so sick of na 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 na. So that's that's my bad one. Right, okay. And my good one, this will be a surprise to some people, mm-hmm. it's number two. It's Tom T. Hall oh. with Old Dogs, Children, Watermelon Wine. Oh, Beautiful country song. Oh, I love it. I love it. I watched I watched him do a version of it live last night when I was – because I just want to remember some of the words in it. And uh, he was doing a chat before he actually sang the song. And he did – just the storytelling is just uh, fantastic. He's, he's brilliant. I love Tom T. Hall. How old do you think I Yeah. He said, I said, I didn't know. Well, I turned 65 about 11 months ago. I didn't realise yeah, I was 65. I thought it was really old, and, and I guess at the time. What's his yeah, 50 years ago? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm with you. That's my number three as well in the good side. Old Dog Store yeah. and Watermelon Wine. I love I, it. I've seen strippers older than 65 <laughs> and enjoyed them. But, you know, <laughs> Enough about I asked you what you did during the week, and you didn't say you did anything. <laughs> now you're telling us everything you did. Well, yeah, well, sorry about that. It just sort of comes to me in waves. So my number... Actually, I'll tell you what I've been doing this week. <laughs> Here we go. I've been, I've been binge-watching mm-hmm. Gladys Bajiklian and Dan Andrews. Oh. I've been binge-watching and they've been fantastic. Yeah, it's a, pan- anyway. it's a pandemic of press conferences is what we've got. Yeah, um, what have you got, Kev? All right, well, my number three good is, uh, is Tom T. Hall, Old Dogs, Children, Watermelon, Wine. Hey, that's a funny thing about this chart I noticed. They don't put yeah. the whole name of the song on the chart, which I never knew that Three XY did that because the no, song's called uh, the song's called Old Dogs, Children, and Watermelon Wine. You go further down, and they've got Kevin Johnson, Rock and Roll. Well, the song's called Rock and Roll. I gave you the best years of my life. Oh, right. So they didn't. They weren't putting the whole name of the song. There's a couple of others in there that they they did it with as well, which is quite. It's really quite weird. Um, I don't know why yeah. they didn't do that, but anyway. Oh, well, yeah, there's one. Um, number 38, It Might As Well Rain by Dove. Well, that was Until actually – September. Correct. Because I, yeah. I had to check it to see that that was the same. Um, and, and the other one, CCS, Band Played Boogie. You look at that and go, what's that? Well, it's, it's the band played the boogie and the people danced on, and, and they didn't put that bit in there. And tie well, yellow ribbon. Around the old OC. Correct. Actually, I think it might just be called tie yellow ribbon. Well, is the other one, is Sweet Gypsy Road called Sweet Gypsy Rose or is it called Say Has Anybody Seen My Sweet Gypsy Rose? I thought it was called Lousy Dago. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. So my number three good is uh, Tom T. Hall. My number three bad, uh, let me get the, the number up here. It's number 24 on the chart here by an English duo called Peters and Lee uh, and it's called Welcome Home. Well, isn't this a pile of hot steaming doggy do in the corner of the room? What an Ooh. awful bloody song this is. Well, come home. He looks like he, um, he's come straight out of the uh, uh, missing the salad bar at KFC and just eaten way too much of the chicken. And, uh, and, <laughs> and the girl he's picked up on the way through um, is not, uh, is not uh, you know, helping his cause any. So they are just one awful duo. Peters and Lee, welcome home. Okay. Enough said. Welcome on. Wait till I get to number one. Uh, finally, right. finally, your number twos. 
Okay, number two, bad. Well, when I saw Tom T. Hall, I thought, that's a good name. That sounds like a harness horse. I'd, I'd back it. <laughs> it's um, the Charlton Trot. Yeah. Isn't it back something called Tom T. Hall, one? Now, I'm glad you two blokes like it. First of all, I hate songs that begin with talking because I know the guy singing ain't a brilliant singer. Oh. And boy, to me, is this a boring it's a boring song that never gets past, much past old, and he told me. You know, first of all, it's just rude. There's a black guy behind the bar when I listen to his stuff. And then I'll take a pen and pad because I must be senile. For some reason, I need to write down old dogs, children, and watermelon wives. I'll never remember it. And, and, and then I'll steal his life and write a song about it. But I've got a feeling the place is Stolen off as a pedophile. The only three good things are old dogs, children, and watermelon wine. So I go down the park with the dogs, the children come over, and I get them drunk on watermelon wine. Oh, I'm not quite sure that was how, how it played out, finally, but no, you're. Well, uh, well, it doesn't play out any different. <laughs> you know, the only things I like in, he likes in life are old dogs because they're loyal, children because they haven't learned to hate yet. And watermelon wine to get the children drunk. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not for me. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm visibly upset too, Brian. Controversial oh. selection. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I looked up watermelon wine. There's no such thing. He just wanted to put a watermelon in because he was talking to a coloured man. Anyhow, so. <laughs> Yes, go on. It's <laughs> <laughs> right up there with Kev's Louis Armstrong impersonation. Uh, I got the watermelon wine blues. <laughs> so, number two. Yep. Uh, this song's so good that even after I did the chart, you know, when I, in the shower is the only time I can listen to music because we've got sort of a, a, a Google thing where you go, okay, Google. You know, and you can play any song. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it works. It's like a miracle. Anyhow. It is, isn't it? And I've been playing it ever since. Shut up! You see, <laughs> did you see what happened? I saw that. I said, okay, Google. I'll stop it. Okay, Google, stop. <laughs> it's probably a wise idea. <laughs> probably a wise idea not to sit near your Google machine, uh, your Alexa or Google machine, when you're actually doing a radio program. Well, did you hear what Google started playing? No, what? My number two pick, Ballroom Blitz. Oh. Uh. Yes. Good song. And I've been playing it ever since. Ready, Steve? Uh-huh. You know what? It's an absolute ripper. Hey, hang on, hang on. I thought you didn't like songs that started with blokes talking. Hang on, Steve. I mean, Kev. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, good pickup. Anyhow, at least it comes to life after that. But I love it. Simple, simple guitar riff, but brilliant. Simple drums, but heavy drums. And if that's that's what glam rock should be, they should look like that. And that, I still love that song, and I loved it then. Ballroom Blitz. Yeah, I agree. Great song. Didn't make my top three, but great song. And it saw him in seventy. I reckon I saw him in seventy four or seventy five, and they were really good then. It was before s- several members of the band left, and several members of the band died, and they were they were actually very good. Um, Mister Mannix. Okay. 
Um, my good one mm-hmm. is going to be number 28. 28. Charlie Pride singing oh. Behind Closed Doors. Jeez. Um I just like the melody. I like Charlie Pride's voice. Um, Charlie and, Rich. Yeah, Charlie like Rich. Charlie, Charlie Rich? Yeah. Charlie Pride, isn't it? No, it's Charlie Rich. The Silver Fox. Oh, you can put it in your bad uh-huh. ones now. <laughs> well, it's still the same song. When we get behind yeah, yeah, yeah. closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Charlie, song, Charlie like Rich, though, who was the, the – I think they called him the Silver Fox. Well, I thought he was an impersonator. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's your good. That's, that's my good. Yeah. And my number two bad, because we have pushed the top this one, it's number uh, 20 – no, it's number 20. Number and 20. Oh. Shirley Bassey, Never, Never, Never. Mm-hmm. Now, this song's actually not too bad until she gets to the bit where she goes, I love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love. You feel like your record's scratched. You think, oh, shit, it's stuck. <laughs> but it's not. It's just Shirley going, love you, hate you, love you, hate you. She sounds like an ambulance. Love you, hate you, love you, hate you. Anyway. <laughs> she sits like an ambulance. <laughs> you know, love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you, hate you. <laughs> uh, that's very good, Brian. That's some of your finest that's work it. there. That's, All right. That's very good. Um, I love, Brian. I, I'm with you. I love Shirley, yeah. Jesse, but that's awful. Yeah, I, I think you're thinking of Buddy Rich. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's the, he's the impersonator. Yes. 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 Right. All right. He did a very good Shirley Bassey. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> uh, my number two um, uh, is, is a tie by the same band. Oh, band's probably – no, band's no, – I shouldn't call them a band. They're a group. It's by the same – two songs by the same group in this chart. One's at number 14 and one's at number – where's the other one? Uh, now I can't find the other one. Um, oh, there it is at 32. So they had the, the number 14 and the number 32 song was uh, Tony Orlando and Dawn, uh, Tie Yellow Ribbon, which, God, jeez, did I hate that song. And then the follow-up was, Hey, Has Anybody Seen My Sweet Gypsy Rose? And uh, just two of the worst songs. Talk about when you're on the air and you're, at that stage, I was what seventeen, and and you know wanting to be the the rock and roll DJ, and you're coming out of Black Night by Deep Purple and going into you know whatever it is the next song, Go All the Way by the Raspberries, and then oh here's Tony Orlando and Dawn. Say has anybody seen my sweet Gypsy Rose? It just it kills your rock and roll, uh, you know DJ kind of vibe right there on the spot. So they get my. Well, Mm-hmm. Tony Orlando had a blue with Dawn, and then he ended up doing another record with Cher, and that was called Sweet Gypsy Rose Tramps and Thieves. <laughs> okay. Didn't uh, do too well, but anyway. There you go. And my number two was. It, it, one thing about Tony Orlando, yes. he was a hard worker. Oh, yes, he's always up the crack of dawn. 
Thank you, Brian. <laughs> oh, we can work together now. Oh, God almighty. Sorry, the ghost of Ernie Sigley's just floated into the room. Yes, <laughs> and yes gagging. Just gagging. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my, my number two good is an Australian song. I loved it. I thought this was one of the one of the best songs. We've got a real country theme about all the stuff we're doing today. Um, Rock and Roll, I Gave You the Best Years of My Life, Kevin Johnson. I thought that was just a ripping song. I loved it from the minute I heard it and I still love it today. I still think it's one of the great um, songs of, all, of, you know, that's been written in this country by one of our singers. And he, he sang it really well, I thought. So that's my number two. If and you like AFL, I gave you all the best years of my life when they did that. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I do remember them doing that, and I, I, it's kind of sacrilege to do that to a to a song. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm that not was a, terrible. It's all right when you're doing a, a parody kind of piss take that's going to be played, but but not when you put it up as a song like that. That yeah, I don't. Yeah. Not not real. Yeah. I don't. I don't like that. What they what the rugby league did to the Hootie Guru song. What's my team? Yeah, I don't see. I don't like that either because I love that song, and I, I every time I hear that, what's my team? I go, oh, really? Look, for two hundred grand a year, they can call it fifty beers, or everybody wants to wank. I don't care. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I understand the commercial realities of it, but it's just as someone who not has a you know commercial vested interest in it. Um, yeah, yeah. doesn't work for me. Number one, Mister Fine, what have we got? Number one, bad. As a kid, I used to love listening to the radio music. I told you, I just loved it. Mm. And there were three songs that ruined that experience because they were played and played and played, and I hate them. One was La Paloma Blanca. Oh, mm. yeah, God. Jeez. Number two, I know it was in 1975 because I remember my parents took me to Marysville on Cup Day. And I heard this song on the way there. <laughs> what a memory. It was going to make your brown eyes blue. Oh, Crystal Ooh. Gale, yeah. And number three was tie a friggin' yellow ribbon <laughs> around the old oak tree. Uh, it must have been played every third effort song. Yeah. I hate that song. Yep. Well, mm. I concur with you so, 100%, and it was played to death because it was funny. People just kept wanting to hear it. We had it on high – I remember we had it on high rotation, which was I think every 75 minutes or something it would get played. And they upped it and put it uh, – we played it We played it every hour. And what does it mean? Don't you tie a yellow ribbon when somebody goes to prison? On their way yeah. back, yeah. That's yeah. what happened. You know what the sequel to that song was? No. Throw a pair of runners over the old – Telephone line if you want. If you want to see your smack dealer, <laughs> uh, see a lot of that in the wire. Um, and you're good. What's your good? Okay. Well, uh, this is such a good song. Good on you, Matt Taylor. Your little beauty. Yeah. I, I remember when I was young. It's got. I know it's got that. That sort of. It's a bit bluesy. It's a bit. It's very Aussie. And it gets extra marks for being one of those rare songs that starts with the title. Yeah, yeah. A uh, good song. That was the song I yeah, think. Yeah, I really like it. Was that, uh, Brian, you might remember, Mike, uh, was that the first hit Mushroom had? What? I, uh, I think it was their first big hit. Yeah, I think, it, well, you know, they'd done the Chain album first and that was a Matt Taylor solo thing. Uh, I think Matt yeah. Lake, Chain was the first record. And I think Matt Lake came pretty quickly afterwards. Oh, okay. And then I think 
But it's certainly one of the first mushroom records ever made, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a massive song. And you're right, finding an absolutely terrific song. And did it bounce out of the radio? God, it was a good radio song. Yeah. You know how we used to think the Sky, Skyhooks always mixed their songs so as they absolutely bounced out of the radio? Well, they, they did the same thing with that one. That was a ripping, ripping song. Brian, what's your number one? Good and bad. Uh, okay. Um, my number one... Oh, gee, it's tough. Um, my number one bad mm-hmm. is going to – it's a song that I loved when I was a kid, but now I think it's just stupid. Um, it's the number one song by Bobby Pickett, and it's The Monster Mash. And that's – you know, it was a great novelty song when it came out, but I don't want to hear it now. It was, so, a gra- it was a graveyard smash. Well, it caught on in a flash. It did. Bobby, yeah, Bobby, uh, Boris Pickett, and the Crypt Kickers. See, they didn't put the full name of the band in either. No, gee whiz, it's so annoying. Yeah, no, it was it was a good little novelty song. Um, my con- con- condolences to Barry White for not making it in there. But anyway, and my number. Oh, this is my good one now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll the good one. I'll have Big um, Boy, and I'll just go with Angie by the Rolling Stones. That's a good song. Were you learning that on guitar at the time? Um, yeah, we did when it came out. You know, me and my brother were pretty quick to work out how to play that one. And probably my brother was a bit quicker and then he taught me how to play that one. But uh, we both ended up knowing how to play it either way. There you go. Um, yeah. All right. It's good. It's a good choice. Um, I never well, liked the song that much. I always found it a little kind of droney, but um, yeah. Well, Rolling Stones fans okay. love it, and it's a, it's not about um, Angela Bowie at all. That was the, the myth no. at the time. It's about a South a-, a South American activist, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. It depends on which version. He Keith reckons he wrote it about two hours after his daughter was born, but his daughter's not called Angie, so I don't know what the logic was. Yeah, there you go. All right, my number one uh, bad. Uh, now, what number is this? Because this is, I'm sure it's a top ten song. Uh, yeah, no, just outside. Number 11, Pretty Made by Tony Marshall. Pretty Made, see you again. Whoa, yo. It's like a beer, a German beer uh, hall song. Um, and it, in fact, he is German. Um, and it was, a, for some reason, I don't know how this happened. It was a hit in Germany in 1971. And then it took two years to be a hit here. Now, how someone pulled it out of a record box somewhere and sometime in 1973 and decided to give it some sort of airplay because the clip that they did for it was absolutely bloody horrible and I'm sure Countdown wouldn't have played it but um, until it made the top ten. But, yeah, Pretty Made by Tony Marshall. Awful, awful song. And, apolog- and I can tell you something. Yeah. Tony Marshall is not his real name. His real name is Fields Marshall Heinrich von Degging. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just come to your party. I make the fun. I don't mind. Yes. Well, he comes from uh, from a place I think you've talked about on this podcast. He comes from Baden Baden, which in his place, in his case, I think is Baden Baden. But anyway, um, I think they didn't support the Duran Duran. Yes, and my number one good. I, I left my Messerschmitt in the dark. Yes, uh, <laughs> we were, unfortunately, his Messerschmitt was number eleven, and a Messerschmitt it was. Um, my number one, uh, and apologies to Matt Taylor because I really love that and a couple of other songs I, I didn't include, but my number one uh, song that I just loved, and in this 
it's not only spelt incorrectly, but it's um, uh, it's number twenty five, and it's Black Knight by Deep Purple. I love the start of that. One of those great, yeah. great drum uh, intros um, in a song. I don't know why it's spelt N I T E in this chart. That yeah, that amazes me. But uh, uh, obviously, there was no proofreader at the uh, in X Y back in, in nineteen seventy three checking the charts because they should have put all the names of the songs in and all the names of the artists in. And there was yeah. a couple worth mentioning. The Blue Echoes had the number nineteen song "Going to a Party." Do you remember that song? No, going to a party. On a Saturday night, is that the one? And then they played little bits and pieces of all different bands right through the thing. It was like a um, a twenty exciting hits because they'd mentioned that you know we go to the party and we'd play the Rolling Stones, and then they'd go into um, satis- the riff from Satisfaction, and then they'd oh. be- they'd mention the Beach Boys and go into the uh, a little bit of uh, Beach Boys harmony thing, and they, they had everybody in it. Um, they did a thing for Slade, a thing for Credence, a thing for Three Dog Night. All the big bands at the time were included in the song. So well done to Phil Galotta, um, who I've become very friendly with in, in recent years because um, he lives in Hoppers Crossing. Um, him and the Blue Echoes, they were at number nine. And Robin Jolly had a big song in this too, uh, Do You Want a Boogie, uh, another Aussie that was in there. I don't remember Do You Want a Boogie. Oh, you, and, and you shouldn't because it, it was a shell Silverstein song. Shell wrote cover of the Rolling Stone. He wrote Boy Named Sue. He wrote Sylvia's Mother and he wrote oh. this thing. And um, I think everyone else had rejected it and Robin recorded it and it was not a very good song. Yeah. yeah. Can, I, can I just say there's a few songs here that, I, that sort of piqued my interest by their title. Yeah. Um, Touch Me in the Morning. Nice song that by Dinah Ross. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? I'm going to sleep now. Can you touch me in the morning? <laughs> um, old-fashioned way, because I love an old-fashioned, I've got to admit. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Aznavour, yes. Yep. Well, not that I want him to do it. Especially, didn't he sing um, uh, something about little girls or something? Know. Yes, he did sing something about little girls. Yes. Yeah. So... That's a bit concerning, and I don't know. I don't, is it just me, or when, when you've got songs like um, "Young Love" by Donny Osmond, yeah, and then and then "Daddy's Coming Home" by Jermaine Jackson, yes, uh, yeah, and they were next to each other on the chart. So when you're just reading down, it says "Young Love, Daddy's Coming Home." Oh, crikey! Well, when you read it down yep. and you go, touch me in the morning behind closed doors, young love daddy's home. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> I didn't go that far. Oh, God. And I think daddy's home was the theme song to Hey Dad. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was surprised nobody but Gary Gribbers in this chart as well. Yeah. Uh, right up the top two, number four, I'm the leader. That, and, again, there's another one they haven't put. That's the one I'm the leader of the gang, isn't it? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. one, not one of I his think... better songs. No, the no, top the top ten. I should do yeah. the top ten. Number ten was Cassandra by Sherbet, which I really liked. I thought that was a good song. No, not bad. Uh, number nine was Na 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 Twelve Town. Oh yeah. Thank you, Brian. You can sing all these, Brian, as uh, as I go through them. Number. Na, 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 
Right. Love you, hate you, love you, hate you. <laughs> I think we're going to need an ambulance for Brian. Number eight, Brian, was Angie. They can't say we never tried, man. There you go. They like it. That's all I've got for that one. Number seven, see if you can do this one. You Don't Own Me by the Ormsby Brothers. Remember them? You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. Yeah, that's very oh. good. The old Leslie Gore song that the Ormsby Brothers did. They were a, I think they were an Australian trio from memory. Well, uh, I wonder if they were related to... I'm seriously. I wonder if they're related to the Gulf of Wade Ormsby. It's not a. It's not a common name, is it? No, no. He's a good golfer. Yeah, he is. I might. Uh, I might. I might look that up. Number six, Brian Rubber Bullets by Ten CC. Load up, load up, load up. Give up a bullet. Yeah, good song. Number five uh, was Wizard. See my baby jive. See my baby jive. Such a lady. Isn't that ELO? Yeah, it's Roy, Roy Jeff Wood. Jeff Lynn in that? Yeah, Roy Wood yeah. And, and Jeff Lynn and, um, and Bev Bevan, the drummer. Uh, yeah. Number four, Gary Glitter, I'm the leader of the gang I am. The little girl. <laughs> Stop the it. Little girl. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, the pretty little girl. <laughs> that's enough. Number three, Can the Can, Susie. Can the Can. Get your ass or you road, honey. I got a can, a can. Oh, you're in good form, Mannix. Number two, Old Dogs, oh. Children and Watermelon Wine. Old Dogs and Children and Watermelon Wine. And number one. Exactly. That proves my point. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. He did the match. It was the a graveyard match. He caught on in a flash. Lovely bit of um, Boris Karloff impersonation there from Bobby Boris yeah. Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that's a chart. November 2, 1973. I'm trying to think. I think it's yeah. your turn to pick the year, Brian. Uh, you, get the, yeah. you get the next one. So you can, uh, you can I'll send that through. I'll mull over that. Mull over that. All right. We'll mull I'll over mull that. Over that. <laughs> mull over that. Kintyre. Now, footy I'll make tips. A mull over that. Yeah. Footy tips. Uh, last week, Brian, you got five, and you got the Del Monte <laughs> tip of the week when you tipped Fremantle to defeat the West Coast Eagles. Woohoo! Uh, finally, you got seven. I got seven because we both went for the same. Gives you, I think, an unassailable lead of one hundred and seventeen to me, one hundred and fourteen. And Brian, you're on the verge of cracking the hundred. You're on ninety nine. <sighs> okay. So here's your chance to redeem yourself with the final round. So, Righto. So unless I pick up four and find he's going to win, which I strongly doubt, even though we'll probably disagree on the first game of the round, which is Friday night game, Western Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. Funny, you know I'm going for the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, fair enough, and so am I. Oh, okay. What about you, Brian? Um, I think I'm going to go for – I prefer the Western Bulldogs to win, but I think without Bruce, you're sort of – struggling to score a little bit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, I'll go for Port. Because I think it'll probably be a home game for them, won't it? Uh, no, it's, it's at Marvel Stadium. Oh. Friday night, Marvel Stadium. Uh, uh, no, I'll still go Port. Still? Yeah, okay. Saturday yeah. games. Uh, now, they're all ex- all except one of these games I think has got a venue, and you might know the venue for the one that hasn't got a venue in, on my list here, finally. But Richmond and Hawthorne play at the MCG on Saturday afternoon, the Hawks are the um, 
the giant killers of the competition. Finally, do you, would you tip them against Richmond? Certainly will. Hawthorne for mine. Yep. Brian? Remember, it's Clarko's last game and Sean Burgoyne's last game. Oh, it is too. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Hawkeyes for me. Yeah, I'm going for Hawthorne as well. I think poor old Richmond are shot to bits. I think they've I think they've run out of petrol. They're yeah. uh, I think they're treading water. The Swans take on the lucky, Gold Coast. Lucky Suns. you used to work at a petrol station. Yes, exactly. Um, Sydney Swans take on the Gold Coast Marvel Stadium on Saturday afternoon. I'm going the Swannies. Funny. You know. You know. They've decided to. Um, even though we're in severe lockdown. Mm-hmm. They've opened the gates. You can go to that game if you want. Really? Really? Not expecting. Well, they're not expecting anyone to turn up. So <laughs> exactly <be> okay. right. <laughs> yes. Uh, who are you tipping? Oh, Sydney Swans. Yep, Brian. Ah, oh, look, I'm so far behind. Um, no, the Gold Coast are going to make a statement for Stewie Dew this week, so he hangs on to his job. He, they're going to go all right this week. So I'm going for the sun. The Gold Coast Suns. What, what's this? What's the spoonerism of Gold Coast? Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know what a spoonerism is. I remember. Well, once I tell you, you'll know what it is. So they're a cold ghost. Ah, when you change ah. letters, letters around. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what does that do to your name, Kevin? Heaven Killia. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. That, you know, yeah, it'll kill you. Yeah, that could be my. That could be my. You know, my, the the dark I'm side of me comes out. Yours, Brian. Marion Bannix. <laughs> Bannix, get over here, Bannix. And we'll leave you with mine. Fuck mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, now the Lions take on the West Coast Eagles. Uh, where's this? The Gabba on uh, Saturday afternoon at four thirty-five. I think the Eagles are shot too, so I'm going the Brisbane Lions there. Finey, you're not allowed to shoot Eagles. They're an endangered species. Oh. But these ones should be put down. I'll yeah. go to Brisbane. <laughs> yes. What about yourself, Mister Mannix? Uh, Brisbane for me. Brisbane. Yeah. Yes. With the force, the spoonerism. Well, Brisbane Lions is lesbian Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like girls. <laughs> uh, Geelong and Melbourne play for top spot. Oh, the ads that they're doing on television, aren't they special for this one? Good grief. They're about as original as – anyway, they're playing at GMHBA Stadium on uh, Saturday night. There won't be a crowd even though regional Victoria isn't under lock and key. Uh, who do you tip? I'm going for. I'm going for the Cats to win that one. Funny. Um, Brian, you go first. I'm going to think about it. Tom on. Hawking certainly been reported. The swing uh, tackle or something. No, I thought no? he was. So I that, thought he was exonerated, and they decided. Yeah, not. yeah. Oh, they let him. They let him off. Of course, you'd let him off because you know you've got to have him playing. Doesn't matter that the bloke he put in the swing tackle, tackle Derek Joyce, isn't it? He's an Irishman who's been out here five years, right? Yep. He's literally playing for his spot on the list. I don't think any other team would take him, but he's been playing pretty well. And because of what Hawkins did, that's his last. Gara can't play anymore. He had to come off with a concussion, and he can't play this week. Yep. Uh, so, so having been out here five years, stayed here with COVID, very difficult for Gara. Magnificent young man having a last ditch shot at football, and 
he would have had a fine of going against Brio. I don't worry about him. Nobody knows him. We've got to let Hawkins play. I am so f***ing pissed off by that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair enough. That's fair enough too. Um, now, Cats or well, Melbourne, Mr Mannix? Well, just because pretty boy Hawkins smashed up that Irish bloke and got off, I'll go for Melbourne. Melbourne. Me. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, puts me in line to win the Del Monte tip if the cats get up there. We'll see how we go with that one. Not that, you know, picking between one and two is any great shakes. Carlton take on uh, the Giants at Marvel Stadium Saturday night, 7.40. Oh, it's a double header at Mar... Uh, it is. They've got one in the afternoon and one at night. Uh, Carlton, uh, this will be David Teague's last game. No, or well, maybe it won't be, but I've got a feeling Eddie it Beck's will be. last game. Eddie Betts' last game. Yes, it will be. Uh, the Giants mm. still got a sniff of uh, making the eight. Uh, actually, they're in the eight at the moment, I think. So they win. Yep. They uh, they stay in. I'm going to pick the Giants. Mr. Mannix? Uh, yeah, I think the Giants are really coming into form at the right time of the year. Yeah, great. Um, and Toby Green will be back this week. So, yeah, the Giants. Is it the Giants versus Carlton? Yeah. Yeah, they'll smash it. Yep. What do you think, Fanny? I fear it is David Teague's last game. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cutting are about as loyal as a pet alligator. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, he bit my husband's arm off. He was such a good pet. Uh, yeah, pet, pet crocodile. That's a great idea. Yeah, um, yeah giant. Yep. Sunday, St Kilda play Frio. Um, to be confirmed on the list that I've got here that I've got from the AFL last night, do you know where it's going to be played finally? Is there any word? Would it be? Yeah, it'd be played at Marvel too. I would have thought so. Um, for some reason it doesn't have Marvel here and there's no game. At, there's a game at the G and a game at the Adelaide Oval, but obviously it'd have to be at Marvel. You wouldn't you wouldn't send them down to Geelong to play that game, I wouldn't have thought. Um I think, jeez, uh, I don't know. I think Frio might uh, might get up and win that. Mr. Fine? No, I think Kilda will win that. Okay. And Mr. Mannix? Yeah, I kind of reckon in the last round, the teams that don't make the finals, they put in a super effort. And um, so I think the St. Kilda might just get up for Brett Ratton on that one. All right. I may have the Del Monte tip there. Essendon play Collingwood at the MCG. It's a three o'clock, one of the three o'clock game on the Sunday afternoon. Bombers are in terrific form, Brian. They are. It's a danger game for us. We must win it. Oh, danger. Um, and we should win it. And if we don't, well, I'll be quite disappointed. So Bombers for me. Bombers for me and for Mr. Fine? I don't think, I don't think they have to win it, Essendon. Well, I think we do. I think, Only if um, West Coast win. Yeah. 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 Um, well, our percentage should be pretty good now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll have to win it, but I think they will. Okay, and no. the final game is the Adelaide Crows and North Melbourne. Well, dip me in butter three times and call me uh, whatever. Um, it's at the Adelaide Oval on Sunday afternoon. North Melbourne for me. Brian? Kangaroos for me. And Mr Fine? Adelaide. Oh, okay. Yeah. Given all the turmoil they've had in the last couple of weeks, yeah? Yeah, well, you know, it's at home and I couldn't care less who won. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, now, that should you, be the third option, shouldn't it? Could now, not care less. Mm-hmm. You, might, you might remember earlier in the year mm-hmm. I was complaining about the umpires and Essendon having to go to Sydney and that the umpires always give Sydney a 
couple of goals. No, I don't recall that, Brian. Have you complained about the umpires? Well, I'm bringing the umpires at the SPG. Mm-hmm. Now, Johnny Kirk, the X-Men's bass player, gave me this little piece of information. Mm-hmm. From 1984 to 2017, Essendon has played 18 games at the SCG. Mm-hmm. They've lost 16 times and 15 by less than 10 points. And that's only to 2017. The 18, 19, 20 and 21, there's a bit more to add on to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as silly as I thought I was. There is actually statistics to back up what I'm saying. Well, goodness gracious. Well, well, hang on. That doesn't say that the umpires were against you. That just says that you're no good in a close finish. You've got to read between the lines, Finey. You've got to read between the lines. Yeah, Uh, that's right. Okay, so I didn't realise it was from the Cooking the Books Expo that you went to. Right. Fair enough. Yes. No, that's good. Perky told me he'd had a few beers when he told me, so I have no reason to disbelieve it. Exactly, it must be it must be folklore if if, if it comes with that kind of backing. Oh, and that's yep. that's us done, boys. Uh, lovely to revisit November nineteen seventy three. That was uh, it was good fun. Uh, good luck in uh, the next seven days of lockdown, and we'll speak to you again then. Good on you, boys. And you know what. Diana Rossby stuff. You know, you can touch me any time of the day, you fellas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. I'm just off to have some. Wa- I'm just off to have some watermelon wine with a couple of children and an old dog. See you. You know what? Yeah. You know what? Mm. I love you, Hank. You love you, Hank. I love you, Hank. You. <laughs> Make up your mind, Manny. <laughs> See you, boys. Have a good week. See you, guys. Bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Get tested. God blessing.